Fleece was white as snow. <laughs> God rest ye merry gentlemen. Fleece is white as snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, I think, right? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. What's the true meaning of Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa bot? What the hell is Kwanzaa anyway? Yeah, this is our very special Christmas episode. It will have Christmas music. There's going to be jingle bells. Jingle bells. Been quite a week. Every week feels like longer than the last week, so I guess that's pretty good. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Somehow it seems like time is flying by, but then when we sit down and do the podcast, I was like, that was a week ago? Seems like years ago. <laughs> ages but you know let's get into it um mandalorian finished who cares isn't there one more episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't but been. it's finished it's over <laughs> it's done with it's the witcher's the new hotness is that what you're gonna well i mean it's just mandalorian out of the way who cares watchman david lindelof said that the original watchman reveres superheroes thus proving he does not understand watchman <laughs> did he really say that yes <laughs> So why did that? <laughs> why did they let him make that show? <sighs> he said that on his little podcast he does about Watchmen, and he's oh I don't understand Watchmen. Thanks for all the money, HBO, so I can make a show about how Doctor Manhattan learned to love again. <laughs> so I haven't watched the Watchmen show. I refuse to. I watched the first three episodes right when I talked about it last time on the podcast, and yeah. I just kind of forgot about it. But then um. I realized it ended, and I was like, all right, I got some free time. Let's see what this garbage is all about. It was bad. It was real bad. <laughs> Our hero is a masked vigilante cop who continues to be a hero throughout the whole series, despite being a masked vigilante fascist cop. 
Definitely understood Watchmen. Awesome. Yeah, obviously everybody's supposed to root for Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, they're the Rorschach's the best. But yeah, you're right. The new hotness is The Witcher. Netflix original series, The Witcher. I kind of love it. <laughs> uh, I've never played the games or read the books, so I or I'm not and I haven't watched the show, so I have really nothing to add. But you don't go crazy. So there's this problem where um, people will like often, things that you hate. Well, no, people will um, like things that I like, but the type of people that like them start to become people that I hate. So oftentimes, this is uh, you've heard of this is like the hipster conundrum pretentious thing like uh now that nerds know about arcade fire i can't listen to them <laughs> but there is an element of truth to that i was a uh, sort of early day one played the first witcher thought it was pretty cool you get like trading cards based on the women you sleep with that was pretty weird um witcher 2 was really I think good it's like high school isn't it yeah kavanaugh 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 <laughs> put it in my calendars witcher 2 was even better witcher 3 came out Everyone loved it, and it became really mainstream, and it was a pretty cool game. It's one of those games that's way too long, and it being open world kind of uh, ruins the thrust of the narrative, but that's just a consequence of the game being open world, I guess. But now that it's mainstream and fucking incel loser gamers are all about it, it kind of makes me hate The Witcher. So uh, I guess I'm pretentious, but The Witcher's back, the TV series. Um shot in a monochromatic grayscale that's absolutely god awful uh looks, that's what you want looks fantasy. like a really bland boring tv show uh some of the costume designs are terrible a lot of the sets look really cheap <laughs> they're kind of just like riding off of the coattails of game of thrones so bland pointless uh, no visual style fantasy lighting's terrible it takes itself super seriously even though it's the campiest shit i've ever seen I fucking love it because <laughs> it's so detached from itself. It's amazing. <laughs> Henry Cavill, uh, I don't think he fits the character of Geralt very well. Uh, he seems like an okay guy. He, um, I appreciate Despite his... his comments on the Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have that quote? Nah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. But uh, I appreciate his commitment to staying jacked for no reason. Because, I mean, the reason to stay jacked is to be jacked. That's reason enough. That said, uh, his, like, resting neutral face, he looks like fucking brain dead. <laughs> like, there'll be shots of him just, like, in a scene and, like, the fucking, who's that zombie? <laughs> <laughs> He's nothing behind the eyes with that man. He's so like, that's why. black like dog's eyes. Um, the best part of it, though, is, uh, I haven't finished it yet, but, like, Yennefer's side story. For those that don't know, you, Yennefer is a very powerful mage. Um, she's like uh, Geralt. I don't like powerful women, so. Yeah, she's like sort of like Geralt's like paragon, like the ultimate woman for Geralt. But she starts off as like a hunchback, right? She's like a poor pig farmer uh, daughter that's a hunchback and gets sold to the mage's guild because she's got mage powers, right? So they got um, the actress in the hunchback prosthetic and then they have like a prosthetic like insert into her mouth to give her like sideways jaw and blah 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 and it's a real a real like um she's all that sort of situation <laughs> which was perfectly lampooned in not another teen movie oh Janie Briggs she's got a ponytail and glasses glasses and she wears overalls there's paint on her overalls 
Uh, same sort of thing where it's like uh, Netflix's original series, Witcher. You can't fool me. I know a beautiful human when I see one. She still just looks like gorgeous. <laughs> Ooh, a pretty woman with a hunchback. <laughs> oh, jeez. No one will ever love her. So, yeah, I fucking love that shit. Because <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Is It's so, like, uh, so, so fucking dumb. But, you know, that's what the world needs right now. Dumb. Some dumb shit. Because uh, Australia's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> They're just hell excited about Christmas. Yeah, it's the French too. They're like, we're not working for Christmas. Hell no. And Australia's like, fucking get this shit burning. We need to let Santa know we're ready. Christmas bonfire, y'all. Hell yeah. It's Well, that's the whole thing is Christmas is, uh, traditionally, it's a pagan feast. It's the last feast before the world goes dark, basically, because winter's going to be shitty. Um, and Australia's just leaning into it, right? <laughs> they're not going to let the world go dark, is what they're saying. That's right. Uh, with that in mind... What do you think? Jesus Christ born in December? Uh, definitely. I have for sure uh, in the Middle East in December, you can mm-hmm. live in a manger without a problem. Yeah, and the shepherds are out herding their flocks, right? Yeah, in that's December. December. I know that from my vast years of sheep herding experience. So you reckon it seems legit, huh? Yeah. That's when Jesus was born. I think you're wrong. But you know what saintly figure was born on Christmas Day? Can no. you guess? <laughs> Oh, it's Shane McGowan. <laughs> Happy birthday, Shane. 61 years old? Happy birthday, Shane. You're 61. <laughs> you look like you're 78. He does look pretty bad. He doesn't wear his uh, dentures. You should wear your dentures. <clears throat> yeah, come on, man. Someone spent a lot of money on those things. He doesn't like them, though. I, I understand it. He's probably, he can get the gin a lot faster without teeth. <laughs> you don't need teeth for gin. That is true. Apparently, he actually um, doesn't really drink anymore. So that's crazy. You'd think it would kill him not drinking, right? Yeah. How do you wean himself out of that? I don't know. He's a great man. Um, better than Jesus. So <laughs> great. happy birthday, Shane. Um, Christmas is a celebration of Shane McGowan. Hit it, Shane. <laughs> Your joys 
this podcast well you're doing a great job <laughs> uh, except for i performed a magic ritual this weekend and it's working fantastic i mean it's only been a couple days i i'm an american and so my magic needs to be instant oh uh, instant gratification france having another revolution they have not had a few i mean like how long is the french revolution one revolution or is it several it's the never ending <laughs> the perfect society the uh, what is it? The tree of democracy has got to be watered oh, yeah, with Thomas the blood, of, the yeah, blood the, of tyrants. The, the tree of liberty will sometimes need to be watered with the blood of tyrants. There you go. France has the right idea. Australia is on fire. We've basically destroyed Yemen. Syria is fucked. Uh, there's probably extreme flooding in Pakistan coming up again. Basically, the world's falling apart. So we watch screws and we're going to talk about it now seven o'clock psycho sees santa's workshop and only lee majors can stop them in the night the reindeer die be here you can't show that commercial that thing looked like the, the manson family christmas special think i'm way off base yes you're well you're a tad off base sir frank cross is more than the youngest network president in television history call security have them change his locks and toss him out of the building oh. He's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Watch out. He's a thoughtful boss. Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. A generous brother. What did he give you last year? Uh, I don't remember. A shower curtain. Did you hear him? I think you dropped something here. And a true humanitarian. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We tried crazy glue. Have you tried staples? But his life is about to change. That was a good one. You are going to be visited by three ghosts tomorrow at noon. God, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. Anyone who thinks he hates Christmas is wrong. Go back to Jersey, you moron! It's ghosts he hates. Bill Murray. Karen Allen. It sounded like he'd seen a ghost. A ghost? John Forsythe. Bobcat Goldthwait. Hey! You want to see me or is this a shotgun in your pocket? <laughs> you know this one? Everybody knows this one. Let's go now. Yeah, does everybody know this one? <laughs> Carol Kane. Robert Mitchum. I really care. David Johansson. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. This holiday season, see Bill Murray get Scrooged. Hey, back off, big man. I may work with the chicks, but not with me. VHS Cole. I sure want to talk about Scrooge. 
Bill Murray is back among the ghosts. Only this time, it's three against one. That's the tagline for this movie. Was it really? Yeah, trying to write off of Ghostbusters hard, huh? huh? This uh, is four years after Ghostbusters. So first film Bill Murray's made in four years because he at this point he was living in Paris and didn't really want to be an actor anymore. I have nothing to add. That's fantastic. He should have continued to live in Paris and write poetry. I mean, this. I don't know if this is the movie to come back for. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, it's like a really good. Really actually, good loved it. it. Made me feel feelings. I was like, oh, I'm, f- I'm feeling the Christmas spirit here oh. at the end. Maybe even a little tear. But I've been real emotional. <laughs> I, I say that as if it's like, um, oh, it's just you know, occasionally I'm really emotional. <laughs> I'm just really emotional all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, my entire life has been really emotional. Yeah. So. Uh, Richard Donner directed this film. We already talked about him on Lethal Weapon. Not much more to add. Just go back and listen to that episode. See you later. <laughs> Bill Murray, you already... Everyone knows who Bill Murray is. He's he's a, he's the guy. He does jokes. So Richard Donner initially had reservations about turning A Christmas Carol into a comedy. The Muppets, of course, have no fear of anything. They spit in the face of God and they said... Muppets Christmas Carol comedy? Absolutely. <laughs> Richard Donner, We're going to have Rizzo basically narrate this whole fucking thing. Yeah, Richard Donner's like, oh no, I'm so frightened. Oh, how could, what will we do with this beloved classic? How could we make it a comedy? <laughs> yeah, Richard Donner sounds like Jimmy Carter. <laughs> hey, do you have a Marv Albert impression? Oh, do I? I was, nah, not really. For some Mar- reason. Marv Albert. Nah. This is Marv Albert. Marv Albert. Nah, I don't. Remember he um his sex scandal because he was like biting sex workers. <laughs> yes, I don't remember what reminded me of that, but it was like last night when I was going to sleep, I was like, "Can I do Marv Albert?" <laughs> this is Marv Albert. This is all Marv Albert. Marv Albert. I don't have Marv Albert. I guess it's pretty good. I mean, Marv Albert. NBA today. Marv Albert. Biting hookers. Ha, ah, Marv Albert. Whoa, with my toupee. Oh, toupee stays on. Marv Albert. <laughs> you know, Toupe, I'm her off. You know your impersonation is good when you just say the person's name over and over. Again. <laughs> this is Marv. Albert. How else are you gonna know I'm Marv Albert? Speaking oh, of Bill pers- Murray, ah, Bill Murray, I'm Bill Murray over here. Ah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Bill Murray, it's me, Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like, right? Uh, movie critic Roger Ebert said this was the worst film adaptation of Christmas Carol he had ever seen. That's bullshit. He's every episode where Roger Ebert comes up, he's wrong. Here's my Roger Ebert impression. That's what he sounded like. <laughs> Nasally and mon- uh, monotonous and always wrong. How could one man be so wrong so often? Oh, yeah. Bill Murray's first starring role since Ghostbusters in 1984. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's that's true fact that you just made up. No, it is that's the his that's real part of human history. <laughs> it's that it's real historical stuff. Mm-hmm. This is real as the Jesus myth. There's gonna be a lot of weird sounds on this one. Stop making noises. Bill Murray and director Richard Donner reportedly did not enjoy working together, creating a lot of tension on set. Bill Murray's hard to work with. Good that's thing. That's what I fucking. <laughs> good thing he came back, huh? Uh, when asked by film critic Robert Jer Ebert <laughs> if he had any disagreements with Donner, Murray replied, Only a few, every single minute of the day. This could have been a really, really great movie. The script was so good. There's maybe one take in the final cut movie that is mine. We made it so fast it was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, Bill Murray is fucking loud in this new movie, but I think it works. I mean, he yells a lot. He's also like so comically shitty in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it makes sense. This is exactly who you would expect to be, like the upper crust, like television producer or just anyone like in the upper echelons of society that is so detached from normal civilization. <laughs> but some of it is just like ridiculously like villainous. Like when he rips the kid's picture off the wall? Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is trash. You can't, can't. Eleven fingers. Bullshit. <laughs> It does make me uh, interested to see what the uh, the original screenplay was like. Did they actually deviate from the screenplay, or did you just not like the takes they used? Uh, it's a little bit of both. So the screenplay was punched up by Bill Murray. And, well, he met the, the two writers of the screenplay, um, Donahue and, um, fuck, I don't know, the other uh, guy. Tipper. Uh, they're Saturday Night Live writers that actually were friends with Bill Murray. Uh-huh. So they kind of like punched up the screenplay when Bill Murray signed on. And then... Yeah, Bill Murray ad-libbed most of his lines, and Richard Donner had final cut. So it's the screenplay is a little bit different than what was brought to Bill Murray, but he made those choices, and then he ad-libbed a bunch of shit, and Richard Donner chose what he liked. So I don't know. It's like not Bill Murray's movie, you know? Yeah. I know he's starring in it, but he's not the director. So can't really hold it against Richard Donner for cutting the movie the way he wanted to since he's the one who made it really well i mean it's a team effort movies are team effort but he is the director so he kind of he's the boss he's got kind of the final say on that <laughs> shit. speaking of which when interviewed in 1998 richard donner discussed murray's penchant for improvisation and described the experience of directing murray as follows it's like standing on 42nd street in broadway and the lights are out <laughs> and you're the traffic cop <laughs> So ba- yeah, basically, so basically it's mayhem. Yeah, you just can't control him. <laughs> Try your best, and he just does Bill Murray shit. Uh, all of Bill Murray's acting brothers appear in this film. John Murray, Joel Murray, Brian, Brian Doyle Murray. Also uh, known as the evil villain from Christmas Vacation. I don't have a Brian Doyle Murphy either, apparently. <laughs> I can, like, hear him in my brain, but I don't I think I can replicate him. Yeah. Uh, John Murray, of course, plays his younger brother in the film. Brian plays the dad. Yeah. And then uh, other Murray, Joel Murray. I don't know. He's in the background somewhere or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's this, the scene where he uh, he's with the ghost of Christmas present. And uh, they walk into his brother's Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And Bill Murray's like, it looks like a beer commercial. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> that was very accurate. Brian Doyle Murray. He uh, was on Saturday Night Live at one point. Did you know that? Was he really? Yeah, he was like a cast member. I don't think he made too much screen time. I don't remember everything he was in. Yeah. Well, obviously, it was probably before I was born. But Yeah. At the beginning of the film, we uh, Lee Majors rolls up with, uh, a minigun. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, guess what that props from? Terminator. Predator. Damn. It's Jesse Ventura's minigun. You got to recycle, reduce, reuse. Lee Major, you know. He's big into that. It's, oh, it's the $6 million man, Lee Major. <laughs> You've been a very good boy this year, Lee. Actually, you know, it kind of reminds me. Um, I, I, we Since Christmas time, I'm watching Christmas movies with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was watch, We watched the, the two Netflix Christmas movies. Like, There's the Klaus one, which is like animated. And it's uh, the origin of Santa Claus, sort of. That was kind of good. Jason hmm. Schwartzman plays uh, the main character. Santa Claus? No, like a postman. Oh. Um, and then there is uh, another one with uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, Santa Claus, 
And I kind of got a little bit of the Lee Major vibes from that because he's like driving a Corvette at one point. Santa Claus is, I don't know if it's a Corvette, but that's in my head is a Corvette. And he's playing jazz music. You can't see my face because this is a podcast, but my eyebrows are raised. <laughs> it was a fun movie, but I, it's not a movie that uh, is going to be anybody's uh, favorite Christmas movie. No, I mean, of course, it's Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> but I, uh, I definitely got some similar vibes from that. I'm like, oh, Kurt Russell is Santa Claus. I should watch it just because Kurt Russell's in it. This is Kurt Gass. I said I was going to do it last year when it came out. I think it came out last year. Yeah, right? it was last year. I was like, it looks stupid, but I'll watch it because Kurt Russell's in it. I never got around to it. I'm trying to like hang into the Christmas spirit, though. It's not working. Nah. 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 Uh, that's like the cool facts I got, but um, this one's going to be, you know, now it's time to talk about the cast. <clears throat> you already did. It's uh, Bill Murray's uh, friends and family. Friends and family. What about Karen Allen as Claire? What about her? She's pretty cool. When she showed up, I was like, hey, that reminds me of my friend Amanda, because they both have giant eyes. <laughs> giant eyeballs. Staring at me, you got the bug eyes. Yeah, my friend Amanda ghosted me. Christmas ghosted Christmas. Me? She's a Christmas ghost. And then, uh, yeah, the coolest part of this movie is, of course, the the ghost that visited him, right? Yeah. Oh, I like the one is his boss, an old friend, the first mm-hmm, ghost, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and the mouse popping out of the head. Lou Hayward, played by John Forsyth. John Forsyth is another guy that has a very dynamic voice that I wish I could do an impersonation of. You got to start working on it. Yeah. I remember when we were kids, we used to be really good at doing impersonations and accents and stuff when we were younger. And I just got out of the habit of doing it. Yeah. Now I'm not very good. I'm not as good as I was as a kid, but I still have some of it. I don't know <clears throat> what the purpose is of being good at it, but maybe <laughs> it'll make the podcast more entertaining and I can do voiceover work. Um, <laughs> but there's all these things like, I need to get better at that. And it's like, well, what, what, for? Va- <laughs> what value does it create? And I say, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Not everything needs to be this value creation. You goddamn capitalist. Get out of my face. But then get, <laughs> you but talk to yourself that way. Then get close to my face and listen to my podcast. <laughs> And then give us money, you super capitalists. <laughs> trying to sell out. Uh, also, John Glover's in it as Bryce Cummings. Ah! Famously, this movie and Gremlins 2. I don't really know him for anything else. Oh, he's in RoboCop 2 for a little bit. Ah! He's great in Gremlins 2, though. Just like the TV executive. Yeah, I was going to say, he's just auditioning for his role in Gremlins 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobcat's in it. Bobcat. It's crazy that he... Uh, was a celebrated like comics comic, you know, stand up comic, and then he started doing the funny voice. And that's when he started getting the big bucks. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to sell like sell out like Bob. Started doing a funny voice. I got yeah, well, I remember when I was a kid, I thought he actually talked like that. It's like, how ridiculous. <laughs> that would be funny if there, 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 that it was his actual voice. No one talks like that. He made a Sasquatch movie. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. He made a lot of movies. I think we talked about this on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Or if, or oh. if not, we've never talked about it. Not on the podcast. Maybe, but Bobcat, Bobcat's cool. I like Bobcat. Uh, then the ghost, we got David Johansson, Johansson from the New York Dolls and Carol Kane. From being funny, she uh, there's a joke in here. They're playing um categories or some shit, and they're talking about Adam's family. Like, what musical instrument does Lurch play? Carol Kane goes on to play the grandma in Adam's family. Oh yeah, she does. In well, the remake. yeah, 
So those that, are good movies too. So that's cool, <laughs> huh? That's cool. That's cool. Uh, you know, Carol Kane is great in this. Uh, for some reason, I find her very attractive. <laughs> 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 so I don't know. Make it that what you will. <laughs> Day watch update. <laughs> Carol Kane, what are you up to? <laughs> Following the breakup of the New York Dolls, bassist Arthur Kane had fallen on hard times, envious of the success of his fellow bandmates. Kane was in his apartment watching this film when he saw David Johansson's appearance on screen as the ghost of Christmas Past. This pushed him over the edge and resulted him in attempting suicide by jumping out of his third-story apartment window. Merry Christmas! He like I guess he didn't make it to the end of the movie where. The, the, the message is related what the film is actually about. Well, obviously, you just saw his f- former friend, well, probably former friend and former bandmate on TV, and he's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. David Johansson had a short-lived acting career, like, very memorable, specifically this film. Uh, he's a pretty cool guy, though. I like the New York Dolls a lot. Do you like the New York Dolls? Who doesn't like the New York Dolls? Yeah, they're, like, proto-punk. They... They're like uh, inspiration. Do you for remember a lot of really his, his biggest hit though? Oh, hot, hot, hot! Yeah, <laughs> feeling hot, hot, hot! hot. <laughs> Holy shit! I forgot he did that. As soon as you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's some goofy shit." <laughs> hot, 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 hot. Yeah, he didn't have the voice for it really. When I was a kid, I got him and Tom Waits confused. Not anymore though, because I don't know. Because time. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I'm more familiar with Tom Waits. What did you think of this film? This I already told you. I thought it was great. I loved film-o it. Film-o movie. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched it. Uh, a real long time. Like, maybe since I was a kid. And uh, I've wondered why I have not watched it in previous Christmases. Yeah, I actually watched it a couple years ago for Christmas time with uh, the girl I was dating at the time. The gorilla um, you were dating at the no, time? No, the girl. The woman. Oh, her gorilla. And uh, I was like, hey, this is still pretty good. I really like the spooky ghosts. So his boss shows up, and I love the gag of the mouse being in his head mm-hmm. and gets the golf ball out. Um, great makeup effects. I love it. Uh, I love death at the end, the ghost of Christmas future. He's got a TV screen face. <laughs> his people souls trapped in his chest. Yeah, I, I and I like Bill Murray's like double, double check <laughs> on it. But uh, there's a scene when they're getting off the elevator. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future and Bill Murray, uh-huh. and he does not have the TV face in that shot. He's got like a weird mask. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck? We got to patch this like Cats the movie. And then I like Carol Kane's ghost, where she's just kind of like got, oh, dressed like, as a fairy. Yeah, she's got cheap wings on and stuff. <laughs> and then there's the part where Bill Murray falls down the stairs and she descends, but you can totally see the strings. Fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, David Johansson, they just gave him like elf ears. Fucked up his teeth a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no, those are his real teeth. <laughs> They're not his real teeth. He loves heroin. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. Heroin makes me feel hot, hot, hot. John Murray, Bill Murray's brother, doesn't really look like Bill Murray. What do you think of that? I don't know. We wouldn't it's an Affleck situation, huh? Where Casey Affleck looks like uh, someone shrunk Ben Affleck in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin Affleck. Oh, I had a point I was going to make about the ghosts. I don't know. I guess I don't remember. They were pretty cool. And shit. <laughs> Going places on this one. Mm-hmm. 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Did you uh, catch the uh, Trump slight that Bill Murray deals out? And when he's visiting the Ghost of Christmas present and he um, is transported to the underground, mm-hmm. the basement, and there's the dead guy there. He's like, Where, what is this? Trump Tower? <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't catch that. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, for those listening who um didn't become politically active until 2016, Trump has been shit for his entire life. Yeah, or I don't know how people don't realize this, but Donald Trump has been a joke for the entirety of my life. Like, I, he was never taken seriously by anyone for 30 years, and then he became president. And people all of a sudden were like, what? Who is this clown? Say, well, no, you know who he is. Come on. He's the fucking asshole from TV. And failing at casinos, hotels. It's a fucking joke. Everyone knows he's a joke. What happened? What we, got happened? A boy- we got a boycott Scrooge. It's too political. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new battleground in the culture war. Yeah. Fuck For- the last Jedi. Yeah, forget about the last Jedi. It's Scrooged. Scrooge. Do you know when he went to the homeless shelter? And uh, they all think he's Richard Burton. <laughs> he does a really good Richard Burton. Well, that's all apparently all an inside joke to like some Saturday Night Live skit he did where he was Richard Burton. So it's like a meta joke about it being Bill Murray who does Richard Burton. <laughs> them recognizing him as Bill Murray as Richard, Richard Burton. Oh, that shit's crazy to me. Oh, my brain. Because it's like 1988, too. That skit probably took place a decade ago. Oh, yeah. How is it still relevant and throw it in this movie and think people are going to understand it? Maybe they didn't care. They were just having fun? Having fun with it? Yeah, out there having fun. They are just rocking with it? That's cool, man. I wish people still made movies like that today. Having fun? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, they're probably having, they seem like they're having a lot of fun making that movie. <laughs> they're having a lot of fun making that movie about <laughs> About imaginary Hitler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was being um, hyperbolic. Obviously, there are still movies that are made with the intent of having fun. Uh, Cats. just aren't Star Wars. I was reading that um, Tom Hooper, when he filmed uh, Les Miserables, Mm -hmm. didn't use a click track. So, during the editing process, it was just, like, fucking god-awful. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then, apparently, uh, Cats, there's several scenes where, like, the... um, CG overlay on characters doesn't work. Yeah, they, they're releasing a patch. Yeah, they're releasing a patch for it. And I was like, this guy he doesn't know how to make movies, huh? <laughs> That's crazy. I still want to see Cats, though, because all the reviews for it make it seem like it's like a cosmic horror to watch it. Like, it sounds like they they saw, like, an old one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I have to see I can't this. even tell you. Oh, it's cyclopean and horrific. <laughs> yeah. it's Dark and dreadful and wet slopping, serping sounds. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like they're like shell shocked from it. And I was like, oh, I gotta see this horny cats movie. <laughs> it can't be that horny, right? The fucking play was fucking ridiculous. I can't imagine that the movie is, is any better. I'm into it. I'm checking it out. I'm gonna come out with a furry probably, but <laughs> whatever. I'm this down. Is what, this is what it takes. I'm down to try new stuff all the time. So, um, it's no Scrooge though, because Scrooge has a message. It's got a message for you. It's a message you're familiar with because it comes from a. A little novella, a little short story you might have heard called Christmas Carol, written by Charles Dickens like 200 years ago. 
maintains relevancy. A lot of people are always like, oh, you know, he like pumped that shit out in like a weekend just because you got made money by the word and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, that doesn't make Charles Dickens a bad author because in fact, the fact that it's maintained relevancy for so long and he pumped it out in a weekend kind of actually makes Charles Dickens seem like a badass writer. <laughs> it does. Uh, Charles Dickens is an amazing writer. Uh, yeah, he has more more uh, out there besides the, the you know a Christmas Carol. People, a lot of people sleep on like his travel logs where he would go to like the Five Points or like other ghettos and write about it. Mm-hmm. That shit is dope. People need to read that more. Dude, uh, I read uh, Mark Twain's travel log once. It was really fun. Oh, the one that's just about the great old Mississippi. No, no, this is the one where oh. he did his trip uh, to to Europe, and it's called like like a Idiots Abroad or some shit. Oh, Jack London's got a good um trip to Europe too it's like the part where he's in uh, Whitechapel mm-hmm. and it's like around the period that Jack Ripper would have been around he's like man who fucking sucked in Whitechapel <laughs> <laughs> yes Charles Dickens he's more than just Christmas Carol or any of the other shit he wrote for money because he did get paid by the word that's why it's like <laughs> you read some of his passages in like uh, the stuff that he was just getting like commissioned for and he's like um now, how many adjectives can I use <laughs> <Yeah>. here? <laughs> how many superfluous words? How many times can I reiterate what I said and get away with it? Which, I mean, that's just cunning. Because <laughs> he got away with it. <laughs> yeah, he's just a cunning businessman. He probably didn't pay his taxes either. Because that's what cunning businessmen do, right? <laughs> that's just smart business. Guys. Yeah, that's just that's good business. Good business. Um, probably, I, I would say Charles Dickens probably did pay tax, though, because he doesn't seem like an evil person. But you never know. Yeah, it's 200 years ago. Yeah. This film is, of course, about an evil person, though. Bill Murray. Xavier. John. What? It's like Xavier. Javier. Xavier's Cross. middle name. Cross is his last. What was his first name? David Cross. <laughs> yep. <laughs> David Xavier Cross. Javier. Um. Yeah, let's talk about how comically mean he is. We did that a little bit. Like, just the weirdest shit. So, <laughs> um, to start things off, uh, he's so comically mean. I get what they're trying to do is they're trying to sort of uh, uh, criticize, like, uh, mass media at the time when he shows his trailer for Scrooge. <laughs> they could still, it's still an applicable um, commentary on mass media now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, like, so comically villainous it's like it doesn't have anything to do with the christmas carol (laughs) (laughs) that's bobcat's point (laughs) that's just so wild like there's no way he could be in that position uh, unless through nepotism and be that out of touch with like what he's doing you know what i mean I mean, I I don't know why I'm nitpicking. You gotta accept a, the, a the comedic the world that is presented to you. Yeah, but it's just like what that shit doesn't have anything to do with Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it does sort of tangentially, especially when you get to the end of the movie when he's talking about, hey, you can do the right thing for Christmas and you can do it every day and you can continue to do it and things will be good. And so it kind of works as a good bookend because the beginning of it is like. Fucking terrorists in the sky, gunmen on the freeways, blah, blah, blah. Hellscape, pain, torture. But is that... The end of a civilization. Is any of that the consequence of the population at large having um, no care for each other? 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> I guess probably shooting people on the freeway <laughs> is. That's such a weird crime. But Henry Lee Lucas, man, he made a whole career out of it. He didn't shoot him on the freeway. A lot of times he's, you know, rape him and stuff. That's not... That's not. That's this, not what this podcast. That's is. not this podcast is about. <laughs> what is this podcast about? Eighties movies. I'm having a wild time. I'm having a wild time today. Um, so I did get very touched at the end. Um, it's not, I guess, specific to this film because it's it's the Christmas Carol story in general. Right. Actually, double feature. I watched this and then I watched Muppets Christmas Carol and both of them. I was like, yeah. Yeah, but Bill Murray's rant at the end, I think, is pretty good. We started off the podcast talking about problems in France and Yemen and Syria and Australia and all these sorts of things. And it's like, whatever, it's Christmas time and you're supposed to, like, pretend to, like, care about these things. And a lot of times it comes off as just, um, like, a performance, really, just for Christmas. But, like, there's, like truth to it like fuck that it being christmas it's like the end of the year it's the last big feast before like things go dark but then it'll be a new year everything is against us as a society right now and you gotta like you do gotta help other people out when you can you know what i mean like we kind of gotta stick together or find a way to stick together because people at the top aren't looking out for us they like made it to a crossroads where it was gonna be regarding climate change where it's like hey we gotta completely fundamentally change everything and work together to fix this problem or we can just let a lot of people die and it seems like they decided that they're gonna be okay with letting a lot of people die i guess it's scary because like maybe our governments and the people in power have kind of abandoned us to fate but france there's a million people out there right now right we can do it too. We can like that's why I mean we can stick up to stick together and get it done and protect each other and do something because people that hold the the reins of power don't have any interest in <clears throat> helping us if it doesn't help their bottom line, you know. So there's got to be something more to it. You went on a weird tangent here at the end of the Merry Christmas '80s movies podcast. That's kind of like real shit, though. You know yeah, what I mean? I get it's it. like. You know, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, be thankful and grateful and care for your fellow man. It's like, well, yeah, we got to do it all the time. And it's getting like desperate times. You know what I mean? Where I don't know how to do it. I don't have the solution, like how you can get along with people that support Trumpita or whatever. But there is the common interest in saving the earth and being able to provide a better life for everyone. And maybe they don't realize that they care about those things because they're racist and weird shit like that. But I don't know if you can broaden people's perspective. And sometimes you just got to kind of help people. You got to help shitty people so you can help good people too. I don't know. You got to do the right thing despite other people being shitty. Yeah. I guess. That's probably the the main thrust. Yeah. Like you can't control. You. I mean, honestly, you. some of you out there probably have relatives or know people that are very much uh, the opposite of yourself, Trump supporters, whatever you want to call them. They don't believe in climate change, whatever. Um, you're not really going to be able to change their mind uh, by just talking to them. And I don't think that, I don't think that's an answer. I don't think I, I can talk to all of my family members that disagree with me 
until I'm blue in the face, but they're not going to change their mind. So you have to get a, you have to find a way to get past that and still make it. Yeah, it's well. The whole thing is, it's much bigger than. It's much yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's really bigger than the one person in your family or the ten people in your family. It I don't know. We're way well, far afield now. Well, it's even bigger than beyond your family, or it's bigger than people who support Trump. Whatever. It's like, I mean, they're gonna have to come along for the ride. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a civil war and we'll have to kill each other, which would. I don't think that's a very good idea. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? You got to water that tree. Yeah, it's kind of performative, and maybe there's not as much depth to it with regards to the Christmas season or the holiday season, but there's a good sentiment to try to carry around all the time. You know, I mean, like, you don't got to be friends with, like, people on the far right or fascists or racists or whatever. You can call them out, be mean to them and stuff, but <clears throat> I don't know if we need to, like, put them, against the, put them up against the wall or whatever. Got to... Like I said, if you want to make a better world for everyone, like some of the shitty people are going to get through. They just got to come along for the ride. The new world order reeks of dying empire odor and changing the channel won't make that go away. As the veneer of democracy fades away, as the world's downsize until it explodes, as the shanty towns piled behind the malls become visible, as the savages on the other side of the wall break through, as everybody from gun-crazy militias to anti-immigrant Nazis to fundamentalist child-raping Christians to gangster rappers to community activists to working families to struggling to put food on the table. thinking about the scene where he just gets his brother a towel mm-hmm. but it ends up being a VCR player and then it's like man you don't even hang out with your brother anymore I was thinking about like the successful successful people or the wealthy and shit so like his familial relation as compared to um, his assistant's Grace's family right where they took everybody together yeah and I was thinking about like yeah our family is like not well off we're not like strictly poor or anything we have to like rely on each other a lot, but I think that's a lot better than being successful. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I've never tried being successful, so I don't know. I have nothing to compare it to. I've never, uh, I've never been uh, lived a life carefree of, of money worries. So yeah, I can't say. I don't know. I just wouldn't want to be alone. You can buy friends. That's what he did. You know, he doesn't have any. Friends. Yeah, I know. That's he the whole point has, of the movie. Just has a job. That sucks. 
I don't care about a job. Damn, this movie hit me hard. <laughs> or just because I'm emotional and it's Christmas time. Oh, well, I got my family. I'm doing a podcast with my brother. I'm not that lonely. It's all good. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, fucking depressing, though. <laughs> it's not. It's like the horror of reality, but it's like it's things are still good, you know? It'll be all right. We'll figure it out. Fuck a job. Yeah, well, the I mean, I agree. Well, Fuck a job, yeah, but then you would think, you know, they gotta everybody alive. else wants money for, for living, so. Gotta stay alive. You know one thing that kind of bothers me about this movie, though? And I guess maybe the, the Christmas Carol story in general is, like, it's his own mortality that sort of sets him off at the end. Yeah. And, you know, no one shows up to his funeral because he sucked. And that's still, like, a selfish impulse he has for that to, like, finally drive it home. Where he was like, oh, man, but I was going to come to my funeral and I'm going to die. Ah, gee, shucks. <laughs> ah, gee, shucks. I don't know. It's It goes back to what uh, what everybody says or, you know, the, the common adage that no one does. There's no truly selfless act. Yeah, I mean, you still get, that's all things you get, like, dopamine triggers from, mm-hmm. like, being virtuous to other people and, like, your tribal group or just humans in general since our tribal group has expanded so much. So there's, like, a natural element to it. And then also part of it, too, is, like, uh, reconciling with his uh, girlfriend that he fucking threw away. <laughs> That'll save the day, I guess. But it does show growth on his part, I guess, right? But the way she is used in the movie is still another one of those situations where it's like, well, this woman will have to save this broken man. <laughs> <laughs> Who will save this broken man if not a woman? Yeah, I mean it's not as, it's not as bad as uh, most of the examples in age you can think of. Oh yeah, no, I don't want to criticize it too much. Like I feel like that'd be really nitpicky because it is just like kind of just like a wholesome, like sweet thing. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that Bill Murray uh, wanted changes about the script is he made the romance more prevalent. It's not one of those romantic situations where it's just in there because oh, romance for movies. It's actually kind of an integral part to his growth and understanding of himself. So. And it's not like the sole focus of the movie, really. The sole focus is him coming to terms with what matters in life. Yeah, I don't want to shit on it too much because it's not that bad. It's not, like, grossly offensive or anything. It's just kind of like, eh, eh, you know, businessman, need wife. <laughs> oh, also, Man his, need wife. his boss's last name was Rhinelander. Was it? I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, he's from the Rhineland. <laughs> uh, he likes cats. I got that. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is um he's talking about how they need to make programming for animals. Yeah, yeah. and like now there's yeah. like actual mm-hmm. there is programming for animals, and he's kind of right because there is like the 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 programming they have for animals is like scientifically tested to be like things that are appealing to them. So and it, you know, goddamn it, if it isn't dormice with uh, antlers on their heads, yeah, there's a market for it, I guess. So that guy is pretty cutting edge. And Bill Murray's just like this fucking idiot. <laughs> what does he know? Well, that's why Bill Murray wasn't a great CEO because he cut up that weird ass fucking Scrooge trailer <laughs> and then and poo pooed the cat movies. <laughs> yeah. He's like, check out all this science and this research I did. And Bill Murray's like, oh, this fucking crazy old man. <laughs> we don't need that shit. We need explosions. And, uh, Kids don't want cats. They want Lee Majors. Want well, Lee Majors and sex. He couldn't have predicted all the sex that people required. That's why The Witcher is better than Mandalorian, by the way. Because there's sex. There's no sex in Mandalorian. Star Wars is a completely sexless universe. There's Baby Yoda, though. 
Yeah, but he's probably a clone, or like they spawn um, asexual. But what about uh, shit? What the Ben Ben Solo? They adopted him or some shit. I don't know. He doesn't look like Harrison Ford or um, um, Carrie Fisher. Couldn't be. Couldn't be me. <laughs> they barely even kiss. <laughs> Star Wars is completely sexless. They won't even have Poe and um, Finn kiss and stuff. Yeah, because they got a market Just, for the Chinese audience. Apparently, China doesn't give a fuck about Star Wars, so they need to stop worrying about that <laughs> shit. It's underperformed so badly in China. Yeah, who? I mean, I don't... I wonder they, why. China just doesn't care about space Nazis. <laughs> they, uh, it's too much dialogue. Don't they have trouble problems? Don't, like, a lot of heavy dialogue movies don't do well in China. Uh, that might be the case. I don't... Star Wars... None of this trilogy is heavy in dialogue. Though, I haven't seen it? this one, so I couldn't do it. I don't think Force Awakens were the last. Jedi. I just don't think they care about the Star Wars shit. Yeah, because they didn't. They weren't like little kids when the shit was coming out. Right. They have no. Uh, it's almost nostalgia. like the only reason Star Wars exists is for nostalgia marketing purposes. If you don't have that nostalgia ingrained in you, you don't care about Star Wars. <laughs> and sometimes even you have it ingrained in you. Yeah, I mean, eventually we were talking about this before the podcast. Sometimes you got to kind of confront the shit you grew up with and be willing to be like, yeah. Not for me. I'm, every, every, everyone's entitled to like what they like. I guess. <laughs> but I don't know if you need to cling so hard or put in so much effort into a Disney toy commercial that you like take a political stance on it. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know, everything is political to a certain extent. We've said that before. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that. Um, but I, I think, you know, put things in their proper perspective and uh, maybe don't take Star Wars so seriously. Yeah, it's just a spectacle, big money spectacle. And it's not like it has anything to say or ever really had anything to say. It's just a riff on the classic like myths, right? You know, mm-hmm. which is fine. Fables are great, but it has so little to say that why should it matter? Because there was a lady with a force. A lady used the force. Yeah, and they had um. <laughs> And I really, I really feel like misogyny. I got Asian American in Return of the Last Jedi. Oh man, there's. I think the reason that the um the like people on the right were so upset about um Kelly Marie Tran mm-hmm. Rose was because they were like, "Come on, let Poe and Finn kiss. I want to see those <laughs> two men having sex on screen, full penetration." And they introduced this female character. I well, get now it. I'm never gonna know what Poe's butthole looks like. Exactly, that's what they're upset about. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, the argument doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so that's it. Those are two options: either um, you love her and she needs to be in the movie, or you're just mad <laughs> that you didn't get to see them having sex. What if you're like, eh? I mean, it just wasn't a very good movie to be honest. <laughs> but I obviously you shouldn't. It's not her fault. The movie wasn't very good. She shouldn't have been harassed online about that shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's fucking Star Wars. Who cares? <laughs> Just buy your merchandise and shut up, you fucking nerds. That goes for both sides. Argument on that one. I will both sides this one. <laughs> people on the left that are like fucking standing the Last Jedi because somehow it. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you platform. On this one. Fuck. Fuck that, man. It's like I said. It's a two and a half hour Disney toy commercial. It doesn't have shit to say. I don't care. No, if- no, I said uh, rich people are evil sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. From the fucking richest conglomerate on the planet well maybe not the richest but it's up there like that it doesn't have shit to say it's completely meaningless who cares that nerds on the internet 
are being misogynist, homophobic, shitty nerds on the internet. What else do you expect from them? That doesn't mean you got to double down and be like, I'm a Star Wars fanatic now. All I care about is everything through the lens of Star Wars. No, say fuck it. Fuck Star Wars. Doesn't matter. Don't post YouTube videos <laughs> criticizing fucking mainstream pop culture bullshit. It doesn't matter. Worry about real world shit. Uh, listen to our podcast about uh, real world pop culture bullshit. I mean, it does. We're irreverent. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, awesome. I don't know if my message is here. I'm not particularly here to radicalize someone into being an anarchist like me or whatever. Because fuck, you're not cool enough, anyways, man. You didn't hang out. You didn't grow up in the punk scene. You don't know what it is. You know what it's like on the streets. You're just all a bunch of fucking uh, liberal ass. Fucking middle class suburban Reddit nerds. I don't give a fuck about your opinions. Come listen to my podcast. Give me money though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I've had a feeling that we were going to end this podcast talking about Star Wars. I didn't intend to. How did you? I did, did I bring it up or did you bring it up? I don't know where it came from. I feel like you did it. Oh, it's talking about The Witcher. And uh, it has sex. Star Wars doesn't have sex. No, that's how we got it. That's why Witcher's better. That's it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless us. Every one Is that one part of that made you cry when he said God bless us? No, I didn't ever like cry or anything. I just kind of like... Felt emotions. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm feeling it. Feeling it. Do, 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 do. I'm feeling, feeling it. it. I'm feeling it. Jojo Rabbit made me cry this week, though. I don't know. Sometimes I just cry. It's all right. I just cry all the time. I love it. I love crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and cry right now. I'm at home. I can cry anytime I want to. No one can stop me. I almost cried on this podcast. Fuck it. Man, this is real shit. I don't give a fuck anymore. It's real life. It's getting to me. I'm feeling it. I don't know. That's the thing, though. This is the podcast. Is uh, yeah, I want like people to listen to it and maybe make a career out of something. But like, um, a lot of it is just like an outlet for my thoughts and stuff. And then I don't know. I spent like my entire twenties like being a wreck of a person and like trying to turn that into like art in some way. It didn't work out. So I was like, maybe, um. If I'm like honest and about and emotionally open as far as like um, art or performance goes, maybe that will be better. So I'll just try it out, give that a shot, see if I make money off of that. You know, <laughs> some disingenuous shit. <laughs> or maybe it's just because I got older. Who knows? <laughs> and that doesn't work out. I'm going to rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the retirement plan. Woof. Shit. Uh, watch Muppets Christmas Carol. Watch Scrooge. Uh, watch The Hogfather, actually. The Hogfather is really cool, too. Oh, I'm going to start reading it. Reading that today. You should um, watch it with your kids. It's good. My friend Amanda showed it to me a couple years ago. We watched it around Christmas time, and I was like, "Oh, this is great. I love my friend Amanda. Hope we stay friends forever." Why are you trying to make yourself sad? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas time. Christmas time is here. 
It's Christmas Eve, babe. In the drunk tank. <laughs> uh, what was that shitty Christmas song from uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night? Santa Claus is something here. <laughs> you better watch out. 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 All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. Be good to each other. Um, love your family if your family sucks. Uh, I mean, you can still love them. You still love them. Uh, hopefully, you have someone there for you. If not, uh, I'm there for you. I love you, whoever you are, as long as you're not like a serial killer or on the far right. I know I said we got to bring him along for the ride, but like I don't have to like you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not related to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. We'll be back on New Year's, though, with a special surprise called the Road Warrior. It's going to be dope. Um, I'm the Road Warrior. It's going to adventureproductions.com. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, rate and review on iTunes. I guess I think you do it on Spotify, too. Give us like a million stars. Right, Google Player, wherever you're listening to I don't your, know. Your Just tell people about the show. There's uh, there's several downloads that I can't account for. They're downloaded to Mystery Platform. It literally says unknown <laughs> on the analytics. Holy shit, someone's stealing our content. As every episode, I steal someone's music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an anarchist. What can I say? I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts are on property rights. I don't think they exist. Tear down the wall. Steal his book. Steal his book. Steal don't his buy book. It. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Oh, it's still his record, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're still his book, yeah. and then they made it still his record. Off, you know, System of Down did it too, right? They had an album called Still This Record, I think. Did they? I, I don't think so. System of Down. Uh, I didn't when they first came out because, like I said, I was associated with like the weird chuds that were also listening to Slipknot and like were annoying scare kids that, like, weren't. I don't know, I didn't like them because I was a pretentious punk rock or whatever. But then I got older and I was like, oh, never mind. System of Down was like actually like uh, anarchy, like punk rock band that just happened to have like a crazy metal sound. What? Yeah, I've, I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to System of Down probably did not understand or share their politics though, because it was really like chuds in their trucks <laughs> you know what I mean <coughs> so that's what I mean how did metal become like the redneck rock it's if you're really into metal it's not it's just but you know what I mean like, like the, the butt metal the, yeah the radio shit metal exactly I don't know how that happens just cause it sounds horrid horrid but people that are really into metal usually they're not like that obviously there's black metal and death metal has a problem with the far right but generally uh, most metal subgenres, people that are really in the metal are on the left, and they're usually pretty chill. Uh, grindcore is explicitly extreme left, so I guess he's listening to Grindcore if you want to learn about um, far left shit. <coughs> or this podcast. So tell all your um, DSA members about this podcast. <laughs> Have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless us. Everyone. Merry VHS Christmas. Christmas You can plan on me Please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree